So I wouldn't want to be anywhere different. My only thing, I, I would probably have conversations with my younger self, and I, and I talked to this earlier, around that confidence piece. Mm -hmm. So I probably came out of the dance world a little bit earlier than I possibly, well, certainly than I was able to, you know, but a massive reason of that was my, um, yeah, my confidence around it and myself and, and that feeling of, um, yeah, not, you know, your limiting beliefs. And of course, we talk so much around limiting beliefs. So I wouldn't change it because it would have always evolved into the fitness industry in, in some form. But yeah, probably just, you know, that conversation would have been to have stayed in that a little bit longer. But again, that's just that's part of my journey. Welcome to the Lindsay Morrison Podcast. Lindsay is a leading consultant in the world of group fitness as an international trainer and presenter. Join Lindsay as she chats all things group fitness, fitness management, and interviews industry experts on the latest fitness trends, stats, and insights. This is episode 19 of the Lindsay Morrison Podcast. And on this episode, I was joined by Sarah Dunford, who is the head trainer for Les Mills UK. Um, and it was a pleasure to have her on the episode. I've worked with Sarah for about seven years now through my role as a trainer presenter and also as a regional training coordinator um, within the Les Mills UK business. So it was hugely insightful to have Sarah on the podcast. She shares a lot about her journey, how it began for her, what her passions are um, in life, what some of the things she enjoys to do outside of Les Mills. We even chatted about some TikTok. We chatted about how she just loves to, to cook when she gets the chance, enjoys food. Um, so it was really nice just to just to really get to know Sarah a bit more outside of the role of head trainer. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Um, and as always, please, please, please leave a review on iTunes. Tag me on social media. Let me know you enjoyed the podcast because it keeps me doing what I am doing. Before we get into the episode though, I just have a few things to tell you. Um, I just want to say a massive thank you to everybody who has been part of our Jump 4.2 hub through this, these last four or five months in lockdown. It's been absolutely incredible. Um, you guys have supported us and you know we've supported you and it's just been an incredible time to you know have something so special that has evolved into a, a community where we really, really do look out for each other and support each other. Um, watch this space for the evolution of the Jump 4.2 hub. It is changing and we've got some exciting things coming up. The second thing I want to talk about is my self-leadership programme. Um, so through COVID, I've been working hard on developing my Be Your Own Boss brand, which is under the umbrella of my self-leadership um, coaching business, Lindsay Morrison Coaching. So I've got lots of exciting things happening there. I'm currently building a website for my business. I have started a gratitude challenge with a group of people um, via a, a private Facebook group community and the link to join that group is in the show notes. So watch this space. There's going to be lots of exciting things happening in the self-leadership front and this is wholly aimed at helping group fitness instructors with their self-belief, with their confidence, um, to show up every single day as the best version of themselves. So I cannot wait to share this with you uh, and this will happen in good time. I just want to make sure that everything is right and spot on before I launch it out to, to everybody. So watch this space. So this is episode 19 of the Lindsay Morrison podcast and it gives me great pleasure to have Sarah Dunford um, on the podcast today. You are literally taking my podcast out of the teenage years into its 20s soon. So thank you so much for coming on to my podcast today. Oh, it's so great to be invited, Lindsay, and a great privilege. So I'm really looking forward to it, having a chat. Great. Um, so for anyone who's listening who doesn't know you, um, could you just explain who Sarah is and what does Sarah do? <laughs> okay. I always find it funny on the, on the who Sarah is. Probably something about me is I'm not really super comfortable talking about myself. I love connecting and talking to others. So, you know, this question for me is, okay, 
who am I? And always what comes up first and foremost is I'm a mum, I'm, I'm a wife and a friend, but of course I have a big role within Les Mills and, and that's a huge part of my life too. And I, I'm the national training manager for Les Mills UK. Um, so yeah, it, briefly that's, you know, who I am. So I guess you've got many, many hats that you wear. So you're a mum, you're a wife, your friend, you you lead a, a big team, um, a very important role within the the Les Mills business. Um, so at this podcast, I think for me it's really important that the Les Mills instructors get to know you. I guess inside of the Les Mills business, but more importantly outside of Les Mills as well. Um, just to kind of get a bit of a an, an insight into you know what life is like for you. What do you like to do? What are your interests? That sort of thing. So. Um, before we get there, I, I guess the question that's on a lot of instructors' minds is how did you transition from, you know, have you always been in the fitness industry or did you transition out of something else into the industry? What's your journey been? Yeah. Um, so my journey, I've been in the industry for a long time, Lindsay, as you know, and involved with Les Mills now for a long time, over 20 years. And sometimes I can't believe that either. I don't feel, you know, came into the industry in my early 20s, really young. And I remember feeling young and feeling that within the industry. And then, you know, 20 years, 20 plus years later, here you are. And actually, you don't feel that much different. But now, you know, I have that recognition. Wow, I'm you know, older now, and have to have to acknowledge that. But what a journey that's been, and the amount of learnings. Before I came into fitness, fitness has always been a part of my life from from a young age. But I actually started my professional life started as a dancer, um, and I was super passionate about being a dancer through my, through my teenage years. Um, and then I went to a professional dance college called the Northern School of Contemporary Dance. So I did my professional training and then I did do a short stint as a professional dancer. I, I did a bit of traveling on cruise ships and throughout that whole period. I did not know that. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, throughout that entire period though, and I guess it was quite unusual actually within the dance world, fitness was still key to me. So even though every I, I always found it funny because we, we think of dancers incredibly fit and they are, they're incredible athletes and the training and the training is really specific. And, and I guess 20 odd years ago or more than that, no, 25 years ago, doing my professional training, you know, we had that, but there still wasn't a huge amount of knowledge or encouragement to train outside of what we were doing. You know, we just, Pilates was just introduced to us at that time yoga just became introduced to us as things that we could be doing to support our our training but i was also very interested in i used to cycle a lot i would swim a lot and i enjoyed running and going to the gym so i was doing all of that stuff alongside so it was always something that i thoroughly enjoyed and then when i was working on cruise ships we had the option to teach some fitness classes if we wanted to during the day. So I stuck my hand up for it and just made stuff up. But it really opened up my heart and my eyes to thinking, oh, I kind of like this, you know, group fitness teaching. Um, so that was one of the first things that I did was gain my qualification in group exercise when I moved out and I came home from doing the cruise ships. And that sat alongside teaching dance as well but um, you know unfortunately dance teaching went by the wayside and, and the fitness career continued so that's where I started and you know when I came into Les Mills when they were relatively new in the UK and body pump was my first training that I did and then, and then I joined the team in, in my early 20s and, and then haven't really looked back with regards to fitness and Les Mills yeah yeah. So wow. I, I had no idea about um, your cruise ship um, past. <laughs> have you got some interesting stories from working on the cruise ships? <laughs> oh, I, have, there, I have some interesting photos of costumes I had to wear. So I did the whole <laughs> wearing feathers and stress bras and um, which are like all the Diamante stuff, the fishnet tights, very small knickers. Um, <laughs> And, you know, it was, um, yeah, it was such a fun time. And at the time, actually, it's really interesting because I look back on it now with such fond memories. But at the time, it's quite the dance world is, 
it's quite a tough world to be in when you know you're young and in my young years even though I love dance my confidence didn't quite match the environment and the environment I was in um, and, and hence why I probably came out of it quite early you know I decided that actually it's not the world that I want to be in in, in terms of that incredibly competitive um, incredibly personal in terms of being judged about the way that you look um, on top of you know your dance ability but um yeah you know now i look back with such fond memories and such great learnings and um yeah i don't know some stories maybe i'll come back to you if, if one comes to mind to share yeah <laughs> i've never been on a cruise ship and um it's i think it's something i think when i was younger i thought oh no i don't want to but i think as you get older the thought of actually going on a cruise is it's yeah. quite appealing like you know yeah, well, actually, we went with my family. Again, I, I was always the same. and It was about five years ago. It was a family holiday, and we went. We decided to do it over Christmas, so we did a, a winter cruise. But, again, we were very much of the same thought. Um, but, actually, and, you know, I remember saying to my husband that, you know, actually, it has, you know, in terms of people have a certain imagery of it, but, actually, it's a really fantastic way to travel and, and see quite a bit of the world in, in a comfortable and in a short space of time um, and so it was really nice when I did go back five years to go as a passenger and, and to go and enjoy everything that was on offer and also <laughs> how it evolved as well for 20 years so yeah mm. so so when you decided to come off of working on cruise ships back in um, I guess pardon the pun dry land and maybe take your career forward that way um, what was your kind of plan of action what did you did you come home and think I'll just decide what I'm going to do I'll give it some time or had you a clear plan of what you wanted to do yeah do you know what Lindsay much to my husband's frustrations I'm not a huge planner um he's a great planner and um I'm very much I suppose what I'm very much is I, I really like to be live in the present and I really like to react to what's going on now and also the learning opportunities so when I came back my plan was what I wanted to do was share my love of fitness and dance so my way of doing that at that time was around teaching it to others so that was my plan initially my initial plan was just to get myself up and running teaching classes and um, so the first thing I did I said was get get my exercise to music my level two um, and then I connected with lots of different dance schools around the area and I just got myself out there and, and started teaching. And once I did, um, and especially with the fitness, it was, again, the plan always was, how can I evolve with this? Because I loved it so much. I, th I think that moving to the music thing has always been my passion, but that health and, uh, you know, for body and mind was in incredibly ingrained in me as well. It was always about how can I continue to share that more and how can I, progress and, and also learn and grow myself. Um, and Les Mills came into my life relatively early. And I just remember thinking when I was going along to quarterly workshops, there was the, the trainers presenters thinking, I'd like to do that. I'd love to do that so that I can, you know, support other instructors or share my knowledge and, and share the learning. So that became into my plan, I guess, quite early on in my Lesnos career. And then that was, I guess that was my plan. Once I got up in teaching was I really would like to be involved with Lesnos more. Um, mm. and, and really things, yeah, just snowball from there, really. And where did that, when did that opportunity happen and how did it happen? Because um, it's very different, you know, in 2020, how, you know, we recruit or, you know, get invited to a boot camp or how did it happen for you? Yeah, and I, that's probably the question I get asked quite regularly, not how it happened for me, but how, how could I do that now in my role? Um, it was different. It was so much smaller. You know, I remember the time the training team, there were about 10 people then on, on the training team. And if you bear in mind now, in our trainer assessor presenter team, we're, we're almost at 100. Um, and I actually, it was, it was Catherine Cullen, who was one of my first connections. So she was somebody that I connected with through quarterly workshops and through training. And we would just have discussions. And, and she suggested as well to me, Sarah, is this something that you have considered um, you would like to do? Um, and absolutely was. And then the process then was to send a video in. 
videoing of you teaching a class and also doing some lecturing. Um, and I remember being terrified and dragging, you know, my, my partner, my then partner and my close friends to be my, to be my audience. And I practiced doing the five key elements as they were then slightly different. Um, and, and then sent that in. And then the process was actually similar to what it is today. Then we were invited to a boot camp, and it was a two day boot camp. Um, and in that boot camp, then we had Steve Renata, Pete Manuel, Yvette Flack. Catherine was running the boot camp as well. And you know, in, it, in terms of what we do on the boot camp, that has evolved. But it's it's all about you know, sh you know, showing your abilities and skills and potential as a presenter and a trainer. And then, yeah, I was lucky enough to get invited onto the team. And then off we went. <laughs> and that's it. And now it's, you're, you're leading the team that, you know, you, you started out as a, a presenter. So um, obviously your role as head trainer is, it's, it's, a, it's a big role and, and it's maybe taking you away from actually going out and delivering education at workshops um, or delivering training. Um, do you miss that? There's a side of me that really does miss it. It's always that connection, you know, part of what I love even now about the role and, and working the trainer team is these incredible opportunities you have to connect with other people, like-minded people, also just to share that love and the passion that we have for Les Mills and why we're doing what we're doing. Um, but on the flip side, I think what's so important to me, you know, I did do, a, you know, I was, in the midst of training and doing training for 15, 16 years. Um, and I also was doing level two training as well for, for another fitness provider within, within the industry. Uh, and what's I always think in my role now is it's just lovely to be able to work with trainers and support and help and enable them to start their journey or to continue their journey and development in that training space. Um, for me, it's so important to stay close to it. So, you know, you know, we've launched online in the last three, four months and just seeing what that looks and feels like so important and spending a lot of time listening to the trainer team as well to, to see how things are evolving and changing. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I guess sometimes even in my role now, sometimes I think, okay, I still get the opportunity, opportunity to present and facilitate. And that's really the same stuff. It just might be in a different way. So whether that's running meetings or whether it's sharing information with a team or whether it's so, you know, that side of me that loves to share education, share information and, and facilitate education. I do still get those pockets of, of moments to do that, sometimes just in a slightly different capacity. Hmm. Well, so your, your role um, as head trainer, you've just explained a little bit about some of the things that you do, but if you could just give a, an overview of your, what is a typical day for Sarah as, a, as the head trainer? Like uh -huh. how, many how many emails do you get in your inbox every day? <laughs> at the moment, honestly, it, it's been a weird adjustment because at the moment, you know, I'm, I'm sort of, uh, if you wanted, okay, what's the day in the life of Sarah at the moment? Uh, massive part of my routine is starting the day with exercise so I always get up early and I get some exercise in and then always I think we were talking about this the other day Lindsay whatever exercise I do so whether it's some grit some pump I go for a run um I really need to incorporate some body balance of yoga in into that and then a little bit of meditation I think well that just sets me up for the day and then at the moment I'm at this computer screen for a long time and doing an awful lot of this yeah there's an awful lot of meetings and talking um but in terms of the role I always think people wonder and the roles evolve probably quite a lot so you know what is the role being head trainer training training manager you know the key focus is here so i'm sitting in this space of trainer assessor and presenter team ensuring they are the best that they can be supporting them engaging with them keeping them engaged with the business um but in turn that just ties in so importantly to our instructors so we have ten thousand instructors so with that the two are inextricably linked so the engagement of our instructors how we educate our instructors the service that they get the ability for them to be the best they can be just linked straight back into the tap team so 
you know, that part of the business is what I'm continually sort of immersed in and working on trying to evolve and create change and make it better and better all of the time. Now, on the other side, you know, what's key in this role is bringing all angles and sides of the business together. So another big part of my role is working really closely with the other leaders in the business. So whether that's the customer experience manager, director, the operations director, our CEO, Martin Franklin, to ensure we're all very much working together and we're all on that same mission in line and we're all listening to each other and linking in together as well. So we very much work together as, as one team. So what's fantastic about the role is being immersed with instructors and TAP, but then also ensuring the business shares in that as well. And me being very involved with what's going on in the business so we can really shift and move it forward at pace too. Did you ever have a role outside in, uh, or did you ever have a role where you worked within the health clubs or the leisure centres or the fitness facilities as you know not you know outside of being a group fitness instructor were you in a management role there or have you done that before? I was a group fitness manager. Yeah, very. It was one of my first employed roles within the industry. So when, once I started teaching, I was loving teaching again. It was about, okay, what more can I learn about the industry um, and where can I add some value? And um, yeah, my first role was group fitness manager for Livingwell, which is now Bannatines. So that was, and that was really early on in my career. Yeah, that was in my early, early 20s. And actually, I learned so much and really thoroughly enjoyed it. It was a lovely club in Bristol that I worked at, a great team to work with. And I did the role for about two years. And I actually stopped doing it because at that point, the trainer presenter role within Les Mills at that point was incredibly busy um, and really taxing on my time. Because at that point we're at this, where the team was small and so much training was going on. So I was finding it very hard to commit to both of those roles and also teach all of my classes. And I was still teaching a little bit of dance at that time as well. So the thing that went was my role, was my role at Living Well. Mm -hmm. But yeah, good, for, yeah, good learnings there. If you, um, if you had to rewrite your script, right? and you could be anything that you wanted to be, would you change anything or would you go down a different direction um, in terms of career? Uh, do you know what? I think, no, I don't. I think what's really important for me is I really try not to have any regrets because I'm, I'm a real believer in everything that's gone on previously in your life has almost played a part in getting you to where you are today. And that's been my journey and my learning journey. And even when it, the experiences haven't been pleasant or it hasn't gone my way, you know, there's always always been such growth and development, even in those really challenging times. You know, I absolutely love and feel so passionate about Les Mills, you know, what we do as a company. I feel so lucky to be working with the TAP team and, and people and like-minded people so I wouldn't want to be anywhere different my only thing I, I would probably have conversations with my younger self and I, and I talked to this earlier around that confidence piece mm -hmm. so I probably came out of the dance world a little bit earlier than I possibly well certainly than I was able to you know but a massive reason of that was my um yeah, my confidence around it in myself and, and that feeling of, um, yeah, not, you know, your limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. And of course, mm -hmm. we talk so much around limiting beliefs. So I wouldn't change it because it would have always evolved into the fitness industry in, in some form. But yeah, probably just, you know, that conversation would have been to have stayed in that a little bit longer. But again, that's just, that's part of my journey. Yeah, and learned so much about that along the way. Do you ever go back? Um, do you ever you know go back into the the, the the dance Sarah like do you ever have moments where you'll maybe just pop on some music and just go for it or I've just got visions of you in your house now like <laughs> it's funny you say that because my daughter is crazy at TikTok at the moment and sometimes we'll be in the kitchen together and something I love to do in my downtime you know to get me I'm a bit of a foodie I love to cook and I love to cook for others when I have time 
Um, so we, we, a couple of years ago, we had an extension on our house. We have a really lovely sized kitchen and, and dining area with an island. So often we'll have Alexa playing music and me and Isabella will be dancing around our island. Yes, certainly not for the public to see, but- Oh, um, Sarah, come on. <laughs> They want me to show us some things from something I would have done in, you know, in my ballet training. Yeah, that's I, nice. Yeah, but I, I do still love to watch it. So things, you know, going to the theatre, you know, a few times that it's about prioritise. We always say we haven't got enough time, but it's what we, always what we prioritise. I still love to go and watch, whether it's classical dance or contemporary dance. Yeah, always find it so inspiring. So yeah, I get my joy from it in in watching others probably now and doing it and even I you know I watch our jam team our shabam team the bar team and I'm always mm. just blown away mm. um, and yeah get drawn in that way too. I'm sure you would have seen Gandalf um Wes Mills United did you did you see him do jam yeah or I mean Ricky were sitting in the living room watching it and we'd just be put it on the tv so it was obviously the bigger screen I was just in awe like you could feel everything come through the screen and I was like wow I wasn't even moving but I felt so energized and liberated after it like yeah. I, I'm so envious of of people that can like I can't dance dance is not my thing um but I'm just so envious it's just amazing to watch and experience it really is and I think it's almost like watching anybody that's a real expert in their field, that their physical field, whether it's sports or whether it's dance, it's always, you know, it, it, it blows you away, doesn't it, in inspiration. But I guess I'll always connect with dance because, yes, there is, there is a feeling about dance, a freedom and a feeling um, that if it's something you love to do. Um, but, what, you know, my training was very classical and contemporary. So you watch me trying to do some Gandalf moves and it again. <laughs> Um, I try not to think about what I look like and embrace it, but yeah, um, I, I'm always in awe of you know moving, move, being able to move your body in that way because it's different styles are so hard to to emanate and to do. But yeah, and so the transition from dance to body balance and yoga, how did that happen? Was it was we introduced to that through working within the fitness industry as in your in the leisure centers or how did that come about yeah i was i was introduced to yoga when i was training to dance i said but then it really it's it wasn't a popular form you know you know yoga now is just such a huge part of the fitness industry and the world really it was really relatively niche at that time so introduced to it then now when body balance came so i trained on body balance 10 so it was really relatively early but as soon as i experienced the class i connected to it immediately and back then there was probably a little bit more element of dance in it than there is now so the programs really evolved and now now we're really sitting in in yoga and all different forms of yoga we categorically did in the early days but there was this element of dance and the music and the movement i just connected with immediately and then it definitely started my journey and also my um, desire to want to know more and get involved more with yoga um, and people always ask me you know if you don't why didn't you do your yoga training and, and what yoga came became for me was something for me to enjoy it sounds a bit selfish but when you're teaching all of the time you're involved in your giving and you're giving and what yoga was for me was this one opportunity that I could just sit with myself um, and I could learn and absorb and of course I could take that into my teaching um, and sharing with others but still that's where yoga sits with me now as well so it's mm. something that is just nice for me to spend some time with. Yeah I think it's, it's so important to have something outside of what you do because we we give a lot to others and we are working within group environments and Definitely for me, when I exercise, I have to do it by myself. It's, it's my time, it's me, and it's that chance for me just to guess, gather my thoughts or just talk things over in my head if I'm out a run, and you just, I just have to have that peace, mm. I think. <laughs> Same in the gym, headphones on, don't disturb. 
lifting up yeah, I, I'm really <laughs> actually Lindsay I'm very so comfortable working out on my own and I know you know we've all missed teaching during this lockdown period and coronavirus period but I've also thoroughly enjoyed having time to like you say you have your workout space and time mm -hmm. um, on your own and maybe try some different stuff too have you tried anything different over lockdown exercise wise or Probably, I mean, always, what I've always tried to do is be involved with all of our programs or at least, you know, try them, not you know, on a regular, um, but definitely been doing more grit. Oh, that'd be your field. So, <laughs> and trying to do all three forms because I think it's really easy to just stay, you know, focused on one. Um, much more CX works while I've been um, at home as well. Um, still lot you know i said yoga and body balance and and running i've just been doing a little bit more outdoor running as well the opportunity to be outside um yeah i haven't been combat is something again that is uh again i wholly appreciate watching but you probably don't want to watch me doing it um and then of course i used to step was body step was another one of my programs so you know that as well i haven't taught that for a little while now but still staying connected to that program too you do a lot of Facebook lives, like over lockdown, like you've been doing so many Facebook lives. Um, and then also, do you do, you do your own write, write up in Les Mills Insider? Do you, do you, do you write all the content, so we, you know? We work, myself and the marketing team, we just work closely together each week on what we're going to be putting in the Insider and, and yeah, what we're going to be talking about with instructors. So it really is a, t is a team effort. Um, but we just liaise closely on that as well. What are some of the, I know you touched on it earlier about one of the most popular questions you get asked is how to become a trainer or a presenter. Um, yeah. So uh, aside from that question, are there any other questions that you get that are, you know, a recurring theme week on week or month on month? Okay, so through, I think, through lockdown and through this period and evolution within the fitness industry, the biggest questions I'm getting, I get asked is around live streaming and instructor licensing, you know, cause that's, you know, that, that's been the biggest thing. And, and actually after I have had quite a lot of questions still around, I think this time is giving people to, to think about their next steps or, you know, how they might evolve. So that question around how, how do I progress my career within Les Mills as well is really key. A key mm -hmm. question that comes in. What advice would you give? What what advice do you give to someone who asked you that question? Then, because there's maybe some people listening that 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 have that aspiration to to want to take their career further, whether it be with Les Mills or with someone else. Yeah, um, it might sound. I always think sitting at the foundation of it is really um, looking at why you want to do what you want to do. So, you know, what's your outcome and your purpose because I always think joining the trainer presenter team has so many different assets to the role Lindsay as you know you know externally it and it, and it is an incredible role an incredible team to be part of but there's also many elements of it you know the biggest part about it is it educating and inspiring instructors and there's a lot of you know learning and training to be done in that um, so it it's always about for me okay so just start with the basics you know your whole instructor journey is key that you, your whole instructor journey and you're staying really upskilled and connected to les mills the other thing that i'll always share because people want it's such a fantastic goal to have but it's so dependent on the business and where we're at so you know people ask what can i do well right now we, we won't be recruiting into our trainer assessor and presenter team in, in the short term this year and, and probably early into next year you know, with everything that's gone on. So there's an element of time now. So if, if it's your goal, fantastic, hold on to it. So it's really, well, what within, you know, it needs to be a long-term goal and what are you going to do? And for me, it's, you know, after advanced training to keep evaluating your teaching, that self-reflection, that um, uh, you're thinking about what is it that makes you unique? What, what is it you bring to your teaching? But it's that, that enjoyment as well. I think sometimes when you have this goal that you want to continue to, we forget to enjoy the journey. 
you know, we're so we have this goal that we want to achieve and these goals are so fantastic to have that planning ahead but you've got a long journey to get there and i say what are you going to do to really enjoy that journey and that growth and development continues along the way you know and of course staying connected with us with trainers with tribe well, tribe coaches and their name, of course, will change in the future. It's all those things, really. Um, but yeah, and, and then self-development as well. It isn't just about, OK, I'm brilliant at teaching my class. We're very much a team of leaders, Lindsay. We talk about that all the time in the team, being fitness leaders. So it's even what can I do in terms of my leadership and, and how I show up? and my own self-development and what could I do? So whether that's more reading or investigating other areas of the industry um, or listening to podcasts, all this kind of thing, yeah. Can just, how do I evolve as, as a whole human being as well? I, I always think is so key. Yeah, it's, it's great advice. I, I, <clears throat> I know for me, you can get caught up in the, when will it happen? Is it going to happen? When's it going to happen? You you get that sort of that mindset, um, and it's not until you actually kind of let yourself go and even just forget about you know that and just focus on as you say why you do what you do. Um, uh, you know, for for some people, for some traders and presenters, the the journey is such a long journey as well, and it's full of ups and downs and knockbacks and buts and what's and ifs and, and all sorts that you have to come back to as you say why you do what you do um, and that's definitely something I did I, I, I can honestly say when I was first trying um, to to progress my career I, I lost sight of that and then what brought me back was well the reason I do this is because of the people that come to my class it's the people that come to the Monday night at seven o'clock that's the bigger picture it's not about you know maybe I don't know the the status or that's essentially not what it's about it's it's your why isn't it so yeah I can definitely reflect on that uh, and and have that sort of learning from from my experience anyway and it is that you know the patience bit is really key because you're right you know we're, we're keen to achieve our goals really quickly um but the patience bit is is, is so key and, and being kind to yourself as well so, you know, really being able to recognize your incredible strengths along with those areas to work on so, so that, you know, you learn along that journey, but you really sit comfortably in, in your why and your values and, and your strengths. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. What, would, what, would your strength, what are your strengths, Sarah? Because you ask us all the time. You say, what is your, I've put you on the spot here because, you know, we're, when we're having our standardization days and upskill days, you know, a big big part of our growth and development is knowing what our strengths are. Um, so what what are your strengths? Yeah, well, you know, I have, I have, because all the time we'll talk about this as a team and I have as much difficulty in acknowledging my strengths. And I really have many conversations with myself to, to walk the walk and, and to, because naturally you go to. So for me, in my strengths, I always think, okay, as a whole, I don't know, do you want my strengths as, as an instructor or as a fitness leader or just Sarah? I don't know. Yeah. Sarah. Okay, so yeah. you are my strengths. I guess what I always go back to in terms of, okay, what, what is it that I bring? What does it mean? I go back to my values, really, because everything that I do, and especially when I'm challenged, is okay. So if I'm unsure or if I'm feeling really anxious, I go back to a what is it, Sarah, that, that sits strongly within you, that it, you know, drives you. And, and there, you know, we all have many values, but there was three key values. So I'd like to think some of my strengths, one of my key values is kindness. So whatever I'm doing, whoever I'm dealing with or have a difficult situation is, I come to it with that frame of mind um, and that intention of kindness. Um, I, I just think that can get so lost in, a, in everything that we do sometimes and, and that connection with humans and, and the fact that we're all humans is so key and fundamental to me. So the kindness piece, integrity is really key to me as well. So was, uh, again, you know, I always think, okay, I do my most of these values is honesty and authenticity piece. So, you know, whatever somebody asks of me or I've got, you know, something I need to do or my interactions with others is around, I'll, I'll do my damnedest to be really honest 
And that honesty can sometimes be really difficult, but then I'll always pull back into my kindness value. Okay, but it can be delivered. It's, it's all in how, how you behave or, or what you do. And like you say, Lindsay, these tie in, whether I'm teaching, whether I'm in my trainer role or whether I'm in as head trainer or whether I'm being mum or whether I'm being a friend, you know, it's this, this sits at the, at the base of, you know, my behaviors. And then the last key one to me is being courageous. So being, being brave to do the uncomfortable stuff. And certainly what I've learned through my adult life is that's where the biggest growth happens. And, and I do love to learn and grow. Know what I don't like to be doing is feeling that I'm kind of standing still, and, and that learning and growth could be in any element of my life, so that will make me feel good. So, being feeling that, um, yeah, I can just have the courage to do it, even if it's really, really difficult and uncomfortable. Um, but it just, yeah, that helps me as well. But I also love just kind of going, ah, oh, stuff it. What's the, what's the worst that can happen when you get presented with something? it's like well what's the worst it's going to be a new experience so go for it and, and give it a go so yeah mm. I've been um doing a lot of work on mindset like my own mindset and doing a lot of reading and listening and um when you talk about being uncomfortable um there's there's this uh it's the the cold shower in the morning do you ever have a cold shower in the morning they say that if you have a, a cold shower for 30 seconds um get yourself uncomfortable because it would probably be the most uncomfortable thing you'll do that morning and then you can tackle anything that comes head on that day so yeah cold water I really do not like <laughs> I'm the one that has the shower turned up to the hottest and then and if my husband wants to get in after he goes oh my god Sarah how did you have this I'm so hot um but yeah well you know what that's a I might try it Lindsay that's right. a good tip definitely 30 seconds cold shower yeah <laughs> start your day like that and you can tackle anything that comes your way <laughs> mm -hmm. oh cool so that's actually taken us nicely into some questions oh my airport fill it um can you still hear me yeah can you still hear me right cool um some questions that we got through on social media from instructors and so you're talking a lot about you like to learn and you like to grow and develop so a question that's come through is what was the last thing that you learned um what was the last thing that i learned i guess that's quite a broad question but just whatever way you interpret that yeah um I learned. I always think, you know, this this week there's been lots going on in social media and with clubs opening. Um, I don't know. It's it's what have I learned this week? Maybe it's around even more around resilience and the importance of resilience. Um, but how we show up when we're, when we're feeling really really challenged in, in scenarios. You know, so around us there's so many challenges and barriers at the at the moment and there has been within the industry and i guess for me something that i probably is an ongoing learning is how can you really be intentional with how you're going to show up because you know and keep coming back to the why and the values because you know, how can I not react? You know, my learning is it's so easy to react in challenging situations. And how can I be as intentional as possible? And what do I need to do to allow myself to be there? That's quite a long winded answer. It's a really general answer. But I think for me, that's a, it's a continual learning. I learn that all the time. Um, because I'll acknowledge that I'm probably not doing it. You know, and that so that reflection, you know, I do like to spend time reflecting as well. So when I've been through, you know, involved in a situation or I've had to, you know, I felt challenged, I'll always spend a little bit of time reflecting on what it felt, what feelings arose and emotions arose, what really triggered me and what I would have done differently. You know, how intentional was I? What could I have done differently to help others more to to, you know, create more positivity around the actions as well what would I do differently next time do you journal do you, when you self-reflect do you journal or is it just an internal conversation that you have with yourself 
quite an internal conversation. So I used to, I did journaling. Um, I went through a spate of it in the morning and I was with my daughter and I, when I stopped doing, she said, mum, you're not writing in your book anymore. You're not writing. <laughs> <laughs> well, to come and have a little read. Um, I, I'm much more, I am internal thoughts. There will be times um, when I will, if, if it's really challenged, yeah, I'll, I'll try and dump it all down, write it all out just to it's almost get it out of the system yeah yeah, yeah. and then you can just move move on from whatever yeah. it is or just yeah yeah cool um next question is what are your aspirations what's your big, big <laughs> <and less? laughs> you know what Lindsay that in a way goes back to the planning so you know my my aspirations are to be present to you know live and breathe my my the why and the values to ensure i'm doing the very best that i can do within my role and all of my roles that i talked about every single day um and and to try and enjoy the journey you know and that's it even when things are really tough what is it about that that I can enjoy or how is that part of my growth and development that's going to continue my path? So do I have one great big aspiration? No. What I love is being open to new experiences and being ready to be courageous and take those on. So, so for me, yeah, it's really, I probably try, I think we live so much in the future and thinking ahead and we also live an awful lot in the past and wallowing in what has happened and there's so much learning there. Um, but yeah, I, that's probably it. Do you um, try to instill that sort of way of thinking with your daughter, you know, to, to live in the moment? And because I know that, like, like Emily, she's like, oh, I wish this and I, I hope that and I wish and I wish it. And you're like, don't wish your life away. Like, you just, you know. Definitely. And it's so hard. So the other day, my mom, I just I can't wait till I'm 16. So my daughter's 11. Can't wait till I'm 16. <laughs> <laughs> What, what happens at 16 that she wants to get there so fast i think she thinks she can do what she wants says what she wants <laughs> where the, anything she wants you know um and she's and of course there's so many influences isn't there to get into teenage years yeah. media youtube so much influence and um it's really hard and i try my best to uh, encourage that but i'm definitely the uncool mum at the moment <laughs> Well, I kind of am a, a, a wee bit. I think Emily. Emily's actually going to be. She's eighteen tomorrow. Um, it's her eighteenth birthday. Um, so there are definitely moments where I am the uncool mum because she's just started. Um, she's just left school, but she's got a job, uh, like an admin job in a, a scanning company just now till she decides what she's going to do. So, um, I'm driving her to work and picking her up. But it's why did you drop me off at the front door? You know. Yes, is that you know? I'm not allowed to drop her at the gate of school. I have to leave her and I walk yeah. in. And yeah, but um, yeah, I, I still I learn learn lots from her though as well. You know, staying in that that fun element and yeah. the TikTok videos. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. yeah. The next question is: What's the highlight been of your Les Mills career so far? Oh my word! So does there have to be one? No, it can be. It can be if you've got two or three. Or... Um, uh, you, do you know what, Lindsay? As you know, I uh, almost every day. You know, I feel you feel so privileged to be a part of of Les Mills and, and the trainer presenter team because it does. You know, it opens up and creates such incredible opportunities and connections. Um, and you know, as with any member of the team, the first time I experienced filming, you know, I guess I'll always remember um, because it was a new experience. It was a big new experience. Um, you know, also, you know, being uh, becoming in my role here as you know, and I look back to four years ago when I when I took on the role. Um, you know, I had to again so so many limiting beliefs kicked in around being able to do the role and being good enough to do the role i think it, it stands out in my career because it, i had to really push myself to do it and so much learning and growth for me but it was such a you know it's been such a fantastic uh step for me to take um 
and yeah, uh, and allowed so so many more experiences to come. But yeah, there's so many. You know, there's so many wonderful experiences through training as well, and with instructors. You know, you, you, some, sometimes it's the small stuff where you really, you know, you're part of somebody else's journey and them achieving their goals. Um, you, you're a part of them, fe you know, feeling successful and, and empowered and they make a change in their lives. Those small, those things, and they're not small, actually, they're huge, but they're the things that aren't as outward and, and, and noticeable to others. Hmm. Yeah. How do you maintain your work-life balance through lockdown? <laughs> not very well. It's probably... <laughs> Do you feel like you, because obviously every time we can want a video call, like you're in your office, I would presume that's your office in your house. Like, do you just feel like you're there all the time? <laughs> you know what I do and I, and I have to perfectly move myself out of here sometimes. I think it is really, again, it's down to that intentional stuff because it's very easy whilst we're in lockdown and permanently working from home to spend the entire day sat at the computer screen, talking to people through the computer screen. Um, so to take time away the biggest challenge that i've had you know when again being totally honest what's hard when you're working continually at home is to separate home and work so for me it's to switch the mind off and the brain off i, I talk about being present so i'm present at work but then when you're at home quite difficult you know very difficult and, I, and i'm and i'm learning and i'm trying different stuff to well how do i then switch off from work so i can be really present with my family and my friends mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I haven't mastered that yet. It's a work in progress. Yeah, it's difficult. Um, do you, do you, I would just switch your phone off, shut your laptop down. Bye bye. <laughs> do you do that? Or do you have, do you have like a, a no, so a no kind of technology zone where, you know, time, time zone? Um, if I, I'm, I'm working on that in the morning. So, you know, I said, you know, I'll get up early and I'll work out. And previously, one of the first things that I would do, because also we're working with different time zones and we connect a lot with New Zealand. Mm -hmm. And this is what makes the turning the phone off and the communication really difficult because, you know, you might be having conversations with somebody in New Zealand, somebody in the US. Um, but I do try not to draw myself into emails before I, you know, before I've done a workout, before I start um, you know my work day as i would say do i do i do it all the time again honestly i don't because there'll sometimes be things going on at work that you just know you need to be available so and then the only way i can do that is i just try and communicate to my family and tell them that this evening you know there is something i'm going to need to be available for work so um yeah so at least they're aware so they can't then whinge at me if i'm on my phone <laughs> It's just like setting boundaries, isn't it? You know, this is, yeah, that's important. Um, okay, you kind of touched on this earlier, but someone has asked, what, why keeps you positive when you experience negativity? Um, it's always, how am I going to show up in this scenario? Because I do, you know, we don't, maybe don't get to choose the things that, events or things that happen to us. Um, but we definitely get to choose on um, what we feel and and how we behave and react. So for me, it's always and and what I try and practice more is just pausing, because we can be triggered. You know, I can definitely be triggered. So what is it that triggers a strong emotion when something negative is happening? So again, it, it's about I did some I did some I was super lucky to do some really great leadership training with a lady called Margie last year. And, and these are the kinds of things that we covered. And it was this, the importance of just pausing and taking some time to just process what you're feeling, acknowledging what you're feeling, and then being intentional about, you know, your choice of how you're going to react, what you're going to say, how are you going to behave, what do you want your outcome to be, um, and, and not rushing into it. So, so for me, you know, whatever negative is going on, I will always, it's just natural to me to look towards the positive. Um, I'll always come back to what can I learn about from this? Um, but yeah, but what am I going to choose? How am I going to choose to show up? I think um, working alongside you, Sarah, that's something that I've learned from you is that whenever something happens, 
is to think what did I learn from that and what would I do differently next time so um, thanks for that because I'd always come back to that when something you know positive or negative happens I, I do sit and think okay so what did I learn and you know what would I maybe do differently so it's definitely good advice for, for anyone out there who does face maybe some adversity or challenge or something positive is just to just think to yourself what was the learning there and yeah so thank you <laughs> <laughs> we learned something <laughs> yeah uh, okay, so you mentioned earlier working in Living Well as a group fitness manager. That was one of your first sort of jobs within the fitness industry. And we've had a, a message come through from someone called David Lynch. Um, he says he's just asked if I could ask you, do you remember when he was thinking about doing his body combat training? Um, and the, the advice that you gave him around being able to work to the beat of the music. <laughs> And I do remember David, and it was back at Living Well Days, and I was a group fitness manager. Um, and yes, probably what I think, I don't think David was involved in group exercise at all. So I think this was probably the first conversation we ha ha had around, okay, so if you want to teach it, that's going to be the thing that you're going to have to be ready to learn how to do. But yeah. Um, if I, you know, I said to you earlier, Lindsay, I think David Lynch has totally changed careers. I could be wrong. I don't know. <laughs> being a police officer, but yeah, I definitely remember. We had some real, we used to have these really fun meetings at Living Well. And we had a, a team member who would always take the notes of the meetings and then he'd circulate the notes and he was an absolute comedian. So always our notes were such fun to read back because he, he just made a joke out of all of our notes as well. But it was a really great team actually in a time in my working life. <laughs> and the last question, actually, it's from Ricky Long. You always have to get in somewhere, somehow. Uh, how many emails do you receive each day? And, and how do you, you know, process them and you work through them? Um, do you know what? I, I, I haven't actually counted. I do get a lot of emails. And the, what will happen, of course, is you'll get emails overnight because, as I said, emails are coming overnight from different um, areas of the business and different teammates and then throughout the day. And <laughs> by honesty, I am not the most organised person with emails. And again, so I'll go back. So my husband, Mark, is really quite organized. So when he comes and looks, has a brief look at my email and how I've organized things, he's like, oh, my goodness, Sarah, what, how, how do you work with that? But it's organized in my mind. So I don't have, um, I will sort of, what I will ensure I always do is make sure that I've um, addressed every single email. So I'll always mark those ones I haven't dealt with as unread. So I will spend always time going back through my inbox, going about what didn't I have time to deal with. And also I'll, I'm, I will make lists. So when I haven't done thing, I will have to make a note of the stuff that I need to do tomorrow or the next day. And that's, that's just, you know, the method works for me. I don't think it would possibly work for many others. <laughs> that's the most important thing, as so long as you know exactly yeah. what's going on and, and you understand it. <laughs> right. Um, the last part of the podcast, I do some quick fire questions. So I've got a list of seven questions. Um, so don't overthink it. Just, you know, quick and snappy with the answers. Okay. Question one, what, um, what's your favourite thing in your wardrobe right now? Oh, well, my favourite thing in my wardrobe is all my Reebok gear, because that's all I'm wearing. <laughs> I get up and put Reebok gear on and it's great. I'm like super comfy. So, yeah, that, that's it for now. <laughs> Question two, what is the best piece of advice you have ever received? Oh... Do you know what? I, I'll always remember when I'd, I'd um, after I'd had my daughter Isabella and I went to one of our summits and again, I had all these limiting beliefs kicking in, um, obviously being just being a new mum and coming back into the Les Mills world. Um, and we were super lucky to be spending teaching time with Jackie. We had to teach in front of her. 
um, and I, I just remember her whispering in my ear, Sarah, just just be you. You are you are wonderful as you are. Something along those lines. But it, it, do you know what? It always sticks out for me. I'm sure I've been given more profound bits of advice in my time, but that moment of time is what I needed to hear to help with my confidence and, and me coming back in, into teaching. So it, st it still sits in my mind. And, and I'll go back to think how, you know, and that's why I also never ever take it for granted how we communicate with others and what we're saying. Cause you know, it's a, it's a huge responsibility being a trainer or being a teacher and an instructor because the words that you choose can be so, so powerful at different moments of time. But yeah, certainly one of them. Question three. Do you have any pets? Yes, we have a dog called Lola. And Lola is a pug and we adopted her and we adopted her because Mark and Lauren moved out to Dubai. So Mark's the head trainer, training manager in Dubai and Lauren is also working for Lesnos out there. Um, and the only piece of the puzzle that wasn't fixed. So my husband stuck his hand up to adopt their dog. But <laughs> <laughs> but she is lovely she's become an absolute integral part of our family um and yeah it's actually the easiest dog i've ever had she's just she just yeah wants to cuddle lie down and yeah eat stuff and um i'm pretty sure that uh, you've mentioned before that she farts as well yeah, <laughs> so yeah. she'll come She'll come and sit in the office with me. She just likes to be around people. So whether, if, and I'm obviously in the office, she'll come and sit and I'll be on a meeting and this smell will just waft up <laughs> me when I'm in and I might be in, you know, what might be deemed as quite an important meeting and I'm trying to hide this, not make a face. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I know I've mentioned it on some of our trainer team calls. <laughs> yeah. Proper nice. dog, mum. <laughs> <laughs> cool um if you could go anywhere in the world where would you go and why oh, do you know what i have a real desire to go to the nordic fjords at the moment see the northern lights i don't know why there's so many um and the other um recently i've watched down to earth on netflix with zach efron so he might not be someone that you'd associate with you know and, and it, it's interesting it's around sustainability but he did an episode in iceland around their energy sustainability and I, you know i just thought wow i'd really like to visit there so somewhere cold basically hmm. come to scotland <laughs> it's always cold <laughs> what is the strangest thing you've ever eaten oh uh, do you know what i'm actually not good at eating strange stuff what's the strangest thing i've ever eaten um oh uh, i don't i don't really know i remember yeah i'm not adventurous but you know with the v, v you know obviously veganism is huge and i did go to a, a vegan restaurant and, and this isn't particularly strange but it was to me it's quite unclear. i ate jackfruit and how meat like it was you know, jackfruit that had been made into like pulled, it was like pulled pork. And it, I think some of the vegan foods out there that it's quite incredible how the texture and the flavors and what they do with it is, is, is you know, so relatable to meat products. But I that's not strange because that's all, you know, normal, but yeah. What is the one food you could not give up? Mm. um do you know do you know what? i'm really i i said to you I'm, I'm quite a foodie so i love to cook but i'm also really i do like to eat well you know healthy so um I, it sounds really boring but actually it's the the fresh vegetables and all of that stuff i couldn't give up you know of course i love you know i always think i couldn't give up wine but i did give up wine when i had my daughter for nine months so i know i can actually give up wine you know and i do enjoy chocolate as well but actually what's the food that makes me feel great is when i'm eating really really well so when i'm eating loads of fresh fruit and vegetables and that stuff so i know if that was removed out of my diet it, yeah I, I feel pretty awful Cool. Okay, so I've got one, two, three questions um, that's going to take us to the, the end of the episode. Um, and again, you, you can, I think you've been reading my mind today. You've touched on this earlier on as well. 
but the one of the last questions is what would you tell your 20 year old self uh, yeah I, I just tell my 20 year old self to have more belief in yourself yeah to be not so worried about what uh, you know what other people think about you um and and just to but you know again like i said lindsay for me at that, that time you know just all, all the experiences i had I, I don't regret i just it's the more being present and enjoying those experiences rather than battling with them all the time or, or questioning them yeah mm -hmm. and then if we flip that round what would your 20 year old self be most proud of you for today oh, what my 20 year old self be most proud of um probably that I have more of a voice today and I'd like to think in a popular in a, in a in a good way so you know you go back to that conference thing my 20 year old self probably felt misunderstood sometimes um and underestimated sometimes so I think my 20 year old self would feel proud that I've found comfort in um yeah just having being comfortable to have a voice and share share um, my experiences, you know, work with the teams and, and support and lead the teams as well. So, yeah. And then what was the last book that you've read and why would you recommend it? Do you know, I've not read for quite a while. I do really enjoy reading. Um, and the, the book that I've started at the moment, I'm still, I haven't read it, is Where the Crawdads Buy. But I, I wouldn't be able to recommend it yet because I'm only about a few chapters in. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, one of the key, I, I guess for us all, a, a book that, and I know this also resonates with you, Lindsay, is Brené Brown. Mm. You know, any of her books I would would recommend just as a you know it doesn't have to be because there'll be things in there that really resonate with you um you know I've read her books quite a while ago but there'd always be books that I'd say if you want to just you know because they're enjoyable reads as well as just yeah relatable stuff to read too mm. and there's definitely moments within her work where you have those kind of the, the switch the light switch goes and you go ah oh, okay yeah so yeah, I do love Brandy Brown and, and all her work. Cool, well, that kind of takes us to the end of the podcast. So I, I just want to say thank you so much for, for giving up your time um, from your, your busy schedule um, with everything uh, within your role um, and taking time just to, to connect on, on the podcast. And it's been great to, to get to know you a bit more. Um, I've definitely found out some things about you that I didn't know and I've known you for quite a while. So it's, it's been great. Um, so thank you so much for coming on. Oh, you're so welcome, Lindsay. Thanks for having me. It has been really lovely to chat. Really lovely to chat. So, cool. so I know um, if anybody wants to, are you, do you use social media? Um, if anyone wants to follow you or connect with you on social media, where is the best place to Yeah, to the best place is probably, you know, it's, it's Facebook. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm active on social media in my role. You know, I have to do a lot. So I'll do Facebook Lives. Um, you know, you'll know, Lindsay, I, I, I don't post hugely. It's so, so much of mine is finding that work-life balance, but really happy to connect with people. And I, I, I get lots of private messages, always happy to answer questions. You know, part of what I love about doing what we do is that connection bit. So, yeah, super happy. Yeah. Cool. So Facebook is the best place to, yeah. to catch Sarah. I'm still, I'm still having lessons with my daughter on Instagram, yes. That was episode 19 of the Lindsay Morrison podcast. Keep your eyes peeled, your ears open for everything that is happening within the Jump 4.2 Hubs evolution and make sure that you check out my Be Your Own Boss Facebook group. Uh, join that community for all things self-leadership, self-belief, showing up as the best version of yourself every single day. Until next time, I shall see you soon. You've been listening to the Lindsay Morrison podcast. Be sure to give us a review on iTunes.